0: Good evening, everyone. We are continuing in learning Shmona Esrei. We are up to the bracha of Gevuros. The source of reciting this bracha is found in the Gemara Megillah, the Fizayim The Gemara asks, How do you know that we have to say Gevuros in Shmona Esrei? The Gemara answers, Shrem it says in Telum Chavtes, havul Hashem Kavod Render to Hashem honor and strength. Which implies that one has to mention Gevura in the context of, context of Shmona Esrei. As we mentioned earlier, the Gemara Barachas mentions that it says the Hashem's name 18 times in Tilm and this is the second time that we recite Hashem's name. Therefore, the second bracha has to be mentioning O's, which is a reference to Gvura. Now, it's an interesting discussion. What exactly does Gevura mean? One approach assumes that Gevura just refers to rain. The B'nei and on the Gemara in Zayim explains that when the Gemara says, we say the second bracha refers to the Oz of Hashem, that's referring to the Gemara in Tainas which says, Gvurus means that the rain is Yardim B'Gvura. Looking at the Gemara in Tabeiz, Aleph the Gemara explains in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. The reason why we call in the literature the mentioning of rain in this bracha Gvurus Keshatman is because we have a reference to Gvurus in context of rain. It says in Eov, tes Pasagir, ose Gudolos Aden, Cheker, we call Hashem does great things which are beyond uh, analysis Ein Chiker and then the uh, Sukkot and Eve also discuss Hashem giving rain Hanosim and the Gemara explains that we find the words Ein Chiker in a different place in the Torah in Shayao Herak Men where it says Hashem created the world <speaking in Hebrew> Don't you know? Hashem is the creator of the world or <speaking in Hebrew> Hashem is not weary or tired. There's no comprehension of his understanding. And we find in the context of creation, Hashem's creations are called Gevura. As it says tell in Talim, Hashem creates, prepares mountains with strength. Which are girded with Gevura. So in the context of creation, we find that the word Gevura is mentioned. And we have a juxtaposition from the words cheker by kabriya sa'olam to cheker as we find by rain. So just like creation has the context of gevura, so to rain is this, is also associated with the words gevura. That's the Gemara's explanation. And from here we see that the word gevura and rain go together and that's why we call it gvuras gashaman. According to this understanding, it seems that the gevura that we're referring to is specifically rain. And the Gemara continues further on. And how do you know you have to mention Rain, the Gevura of rain in Tefillah. because the Torah says, You have to serve Hashem with all your heart, as we say in the second parish of Shema. That's referring to Avodah Shibaleh, which is Tefillah. And then it says, immediately after that in reference, <laughs> Hashem will give you rain, which means that in the Davidim, we have to mention the fact that Hashem gives rain. That's part of our Tefillah process. It's an essential character of, of the Tvila. While these sources do imply that Gevura is referring to rain, there may be indications that the gvur they're referring to is not rain per se, but something even more spectacular and miraculous. Tosos asks a question on Tainan's Tapizim and Aleph. Why does the Gemara use the language of gvuros more than a different language of strength, like the word koach? Why do we say koach keshavim? Why gvuros keshavim? So Tosos answers two, two different answers, which may be indicative of what the nature of gvurah actually is referring to. For, the first answer is, that the reason why we mention gurus is because it contains many different descriptions within this single word. Um, the word gvurah indicates strength, like the word koach, but it also indicates gedula, grayness. Hashem's greatness is expressed through the rain, and the strength of the rain is also expressed um, when it rains, When it rains, which all are encapsulated within that one word of guru, so we use that word to be referring to the many different aspects of rain. The second answer of tozos is that the reason why we use the word gvuros is because the bracha of atagibor begins with gvura. And therefore we keep the word gvuros um, in this context. Which seems to indicate from the second answer is that really we could have used the word koach, we could have used the word gedulos, a different word. But because we're using the word gvura in this bracha, not necessarily connected to the rain itself, we're going to continue and describe rain also within the context of gvura. So from tosos, it seems to be potentially that the two answers indicate what gvuros is referring to. According to the first answer of tosos, gvuros is directly um, an explanation of what the attributes of rain are. Ka'ach and gedulah, different attributes, all within that one word of gvuros. Second answer of tosos seems to indicate that there's actually something else, which is the reference to gvura, and we're just attaching that word to rain because um, we have to mention it in the tefillah as well. According to that second explanation of tosos, what is the reference of gvura that we are making in this bracha? The answer to this question Potentially, can be found in a quotation in the Gemara of Bracha, Kiml, Amr Aleph. The Gemara says, Because rain is equivalent in effect and greatness, like the resurrection of the dead, Tchias and Mesim. Therefore, Chazal established mentioning rain in the Bracha of Tchias and Mason. This seems to indicate that the, the Bracha that we're mentioning now in Atagibor. Essentially, is not about rain per se, but about T'chiasa And because rain is like T'chiasa we're going to, going to include rain as well. But the essence, the icker of the bracha, is referring to T'chiasa That may be what Rikivu is referring to the fact that Hashem can establish T'chiasa Mason. The Torah in Simon Kufidala makes that same indication, and he writes the reason why we mention um, rain in this bracha is because Misham shekashem Hashem Mason Chaim Le'olam. Just like those who are resurrected from the dead live forever. <laughs> so rain causes probably in this context referring to the continuation of life. The Me'iri as well makes a similar connotation where he explains in because rain causes things to grow, vegetation to grow. It's as if there is a miniature T'chiyasameisim. The Gemara calls something that's dry, dead, and when you add water to some to the plants, that takes away the dryness and makes it as if there's a Tchias experience. Again, emphasizing that the real bracha is to ma- mimic and model after the Tchias event. Now, these two interpretations of what Gvur may be referring to could, in fact, be a dispute. The Gemara in Tainas, Zainim Alf explains that Rebavau argues under Yosef. Yosef was one who said in brachos that the reason why we include rain in the second bracha is because it's equivalent to T'ch'ya Semesim. Avau argues and says that rain is actually greater than T'ch'ya because T'ch'ya Semesim is only applicable to the Sadikim, but rain is applicable and given to the Tzedekim and Roshayim. This dispute between Bravo and Rabbi Yosef may actually be a machalokas of how to understand what's the essence of the second bracha. According to Bravo, the rain is greater than T'ch'ya Semesim, so maybe we should attribute Gur to, to the rain experience. But Yosef argues that no, its range only equal to tchias and therefore the Iker brachas remains as being a reference to tchias Now, this may be a, a question of semantics, but it's and it really doesn't make a difference because ultimately you're going to be going, you're going to be mentioning both aspects in the bracha. The question might be a question focusing on perspective. If you assume that the bracha is effectively focusing on rain, the argument may be that we first have to appreciate rain coming from a kash brachu. And that allows us to understand Triya Samasim better. The Avu Jaham, for example, explains that the reason why we mention rain in the second bracha is to explain and, and teach us that just like rain comes from Shemaim and lands on earth to the exact point where Kashbarahu wants it to land, the winds can't move it from where Hashem wants it to be. It's unstoppable. This is an expression of Gevura. This too is an exp- this too is demonstrated with Triya Samasim where entity is dead, and according to the natural order of things, it shouldn't become alive again. Nevertheless, HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes it that it, it goes, Hashem goes beyond the natural course of action and resuscitates the dead, which naturally should not occur. That's assuming, again, once you appreciate rain and see that there's some concept of g'vur in this world, we can now better appreciate the marshal however, presents the alternative approach. We first have to appreciate tchias amesim, and then we could see the rest of Gevur in this world. The marsha in his chilusha agados and tenets that bezim and alfa explains that when the gemara says uh, the connection between rain and creation comes from the juxtaposition and almost of ein heker, Hashem is beyond understanding in creation and beyond understanding in rain. And the marsha explains that the ein heker is a reference specifically to tchias amesim. We can't understand how Hashem can resuscitate the dead. We can cause people who are living to die, but we can't do the opposite. Hashem can do the opposite. So the mashal explains that's the same idea that we have when we look at rain. Mashal explains in his example that rain is expressed, comes with emidas hagvur, emidah sadin, but nevertheless it causes rachamim, growth and life to be expressed, something that we can't understand properly. But again, for the mashah, the essence of the bracha is focusing on Thiya Sem, the in chiker, we can understand how Hashem could create this entity. And with that idea we can now understand the rest of the world of the world where Hashem interacts with the world through manifesting his Midasakvura specifically in the context of rain. But taking a step back, regardless of your understanding of what the essence of the bracha is, whether it's referring to Thiya Mesim or Rain we still have to understand what the bigger picture is. What is the idea of gvura that we're referring to in these contexts? And the Evu Jaham explains, and this is really the core of the bracha that we're trying to teach ourselves, is that gvura means something that is unstoppable. When HaKash Baruch is Mechaim Esim, that's an expression of gvura, even though the rules of nature, Hashem's will, goes beyond that. It's unstoppable and can't be changed, even though there's specific rules that seemingly inhibit that ability to change when it rains and the winds want to blow the rain to a specific location, Hashem still wants the rain to fall in a specific place, and that's where it's going to stay, unchanging and unwaver, unwavering. And that really is the essence of the bracha of Gevuros. As the kuzari emphasizes, that when we mention in Gevuros of Hashem in this bracha, we're recognizing that Hashem has constant control over this world. Even though they're natural phenomenon, which indicate a certain way of course of action, Hashem can still go beyond that, according to His will. Hashem is mechaim esim, and similarly, Hashem is ma'ashavarach, or all according to His will. And we'll discuss this throughout the rest of the, of the bracha, all the different attributes that we describe to Akash Baruchah are, are also examples of where Hashem is going beyond the natural course of action and guiding the world according to His will. And this explains the Rashba, is exactly the preparation that we have before we engage in bakasha. When we ask Hashem for things, we first have to recognize that Hashem is the one who controls the world, He's guiding the world, and nothing can really stop Him from doing what He wants. And that in many ways is a recognition of Hashem, but also from our perspective, an expression of Shiflus, recognizing that our ability to do anything and to accomplish is only because Hashem's Ratzon is, is such. Following this understanding, the Turin simon Kuf Yidal in Ur explains that if you count the n- number of words that we find in this bracha you'll find that there are 51 words and the significance of 51 words corresponds to the 51 words found in the psukim which this bracha is based on the and Tinus explains that there are four things that a barucho alone controls rain parnasa and child childbirth and living and those four references all add up, if you count the words in those besukim discussing those ideas, add up to 51 words. So again, in the makeup of the bracha, we have this reference of Hashem's ability and involvement in controlling the natural course of the world. Another piece of background that we'll mention before delving into the actual bracha is that while we have to mention rain in this bracha, as the Martinus mentions, you have to have Next to Avod Hashavalev is the mentioning of rain. Chazal only instituted the, the explicit mentioning of rain during the rainy season, and the reason for that explains the Taz in Kufyadal and Yur, is because in the, in the summer, if we're davening that Hashem gives rain, that's connected to the fact that we're asking Hashem for rain to occur and come down. And in the summer, that's a, that's an inappropriate time; it can ruin the crops, and therefore it would be best not to mention Hashem's explicit ability to give rain. Um, However, we do mention the aspects of tal, at least if you're Nusuch Sfarad, and the Wujam explains that may be also connected to the idea that Hashem's Gevura has Gevura because the same way that rain is unchanging and unstoppable when it comes down, dew is also considered unstoppable in the sense that it always comes down even in the summer. And with that background, we could engage the text the second bracha. This bracha has three basic sections. The first section is the first pasuk, which is an introduction where we recognize and declare Hashem's givura. The second section from Mikhail Esim until M'chaim Munasol Lushni Afar is a description of Hashem's ability in many different ways to sustain, revive, and restore people. The third section is a conclusion where we exclaim of Hashem's uniqueness and ability and faithfulness to restore the dead, and we make a bracha recognizing that Hashem is Mechaim Mason. So delving into the details of each section, the first section discusses Hashem's strength. We make a declaration that Hashem is Gibor. As a piece of background to this discussion of Gevura, Mephoshim try to grapple what's the connection between the previous bracha of Magin Avraham to this bracha of Atar Gibor. And the Mepharshim explained, based off a quotation of Rabbi, the Rabba, Rabbah, Pasholamites, Simen, Yud Aleph, where the Medrash explains in the name of Rav Echuyah, Bishim, Rabbi Ze'ira, that Akash Baruch Hu said, Your Bracha, referring to Avram of Magin Avram Hashem speaking to Avram and saying, Your Bracha comes before my Bracha. And the significance of this statement is very interesting in light of our previous discussion of Magin Avram. In this Medrash, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is raising the status of Avram Avinu to come even before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is reflective in many ways of a relationship where Hashem is trying to be mechavid Avram Avinu. And if you look at the bracha of Magin Avram, what we're saying is basically, we recognize our relationship with you HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and we want to fulfill your Ratzon. So in many ways, there's almost this reciprocal relationship, um, as the Medrash is reflecting one aspect of HaKadosh Baruch Avinu. And nevertheless, in, the, in our recitation of the Bracha, we're recognizing HaKadosh Baruch and committing to Him and recognizing our relationship to Him. Other Mifarshim explain, more specifically, that the idea of recognizing Hashem as the and the shield, means that effectively, we don't have to fear anything, even death itself. We recognize that Hashem is mightier even than that, and removing the fear of man and death allows us to approach life, the challenges of life, even the fear of death, in a more calm and focused way, being able to serve Hashem and, fo- and submit ourselves before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's where we begin, by recognizing Hashem as the gibor. Hashem is the one who overpowers all things, even the power of death. Hashem is even greater, and we shouldn't be fearful of that, we should focus on our folk, our avoda of serving Hashem. In terms of, in terms of just the translation of the word Le'olam, the Ravan explains that this word Le'olam comes from the Pasuk in Mishayahu, where we actually mentioned earlier in olam Hashem. We, we say, don't you know, didn't you hear, that Hashem is Olam? And if you look at the Malbim in that Pasuk, he explains that that reference To means Hashem created the world, Hashem is the creator. We recognize that Hashem is the creator of the world and because He's the creator, He has the power over the rest of the world to guide it and and overpower it. The Rebbe Nikar, another Rishon explains that Gvura means Hashem is unlimited. His power, His strength is unlimited and it can control the rest of the world. After discussing the initial recognition of Hashem as the Gibor, we now go in the second section to describe Many different attributes that Hashem has to revive and restore people—an um, expression of, of that gevura. Now, you look at this section. There is mention, mentions of tchiasa mesim, Hashem's matir asirim, mechnoflim. The mafarshim try to explain what is this list. The Ravan explains that we're not just referring to tchiasa we're actually referring to many different areas where Hashem has control over the world, specifically. The areas where the Gemara in Tanistat explains that Hashem has a key, a control, a unique control over. As we mentioned previously, this is referring to rain, this is referring to Parnasa, Thyasamesim, and also childbirth. So we're going to go through in this bracha those four different keys that are mentioned in that Gemara. The Ritva, however, understands that we're trying to basically focus on Thiasamesim. But not T'chiyas per se, but rather different areas in our lives and in our future where T'chiyas HaMesim comes up. This can be reference to rain, reference to uh, Hashem being Swamech Noflim, supporting man, and ultimately T'chiyas Those different aspects allow us to appreciate Hashem's control over reality. The first thing we say is Hashem, you cause the dead to be living, and you are, Rav Loshia, abundantly able to save. Following in the Rav Vons explanation that we're referring to the different keys of Dab HaKash Baruch Hu. So the first key is the fact that Hashem literally is Mechaim Mason He resuscitates the dead. And following that interpretation, he then explains that Atta, we recognize that you alone are the only entity who's able to do such a feat. And we mention Rav Loshia. Ravon explains that this pasuk of this phrase of Rav Loshia comes from the pasuk in Daniel, Perikibes, pasuk Beis, where it says, "Rabbi Adamas Afar Yakitu." Many from the people who are sleeping will arise, which means Rav doesn't just mean many, but many people. Rav Loshia, many people will be saved, will become into existence, because Hashem will be Mechayimais will bring rejuvenation and re- revivification to their lives. Ribi Nikar, while he understands that we're also referring to T'chiyasim explains Rav L'she'a means Hashem is greater, has a greater Yeshua, a greater ability to perform his feat of T'chiyasim The Ritva, as we have explained, understands that we're not just referring to T'chiyasim but different aspects which reflect our ability to be recognizing Hashem as in control of the world, ultimately leading to a recognition of Hashem being Mechaim Esim. He explains that this first mentioning of Techiasim isn't literal, but referring to the fact that Hashem gives us food through uh, the process of rain. This, in many ways, causes us to live. And in that context, Refersh explains that the word Rav means Hashem is abundant in his ability to be Moshiach. The word Moshiach comes from the Shorosh Yesh, which means existence and life, meaning Hashem allows existence to continue in life, to continue at every moment. And this is explained through the next uh, description of rain. So we continue in the next phrase, when it's raining and recognize that it's a time for rain, we say Hashem blows the wind and causes the rain to fall down. Again, the Ravan who understands are referring to the different Maftechos of Hashem. So this is a separate discussion. This is a separate context not related to and Referring to the second key of Akhar which is Hashem's ability to give parnasa and give rain, which is obviously rain is the source where parnasa is is stems. Rain causes the grain to grow, allows a person to sell it. That's a, and to eat from it. That's a source of his sustenance. That's an expression of the second key of Akhar The Rashba in his chuvas actually sim in chilak hei, sim in kuf tazva, understands that this is actually a reference as well to Tz'chiyas itself. And he explains that you find in the Medrash that when HaKash Baruch Hu wants to be Mechaim he brings rain and he brings Geshem. You find this as a reference to in the story of Harsinai where Hashem said the debarishon Anoche Hashem and Bnei Israel's Neshamas all left. So HaKash Baruch Hu, the Medrash says was Morud Laham Geshem. Hashem caused to rain and their Neshamas came back. So we see that even the reference to rain is somehow connected to Triya Samesim. The Ruby Nikar also explains in that light that the word Mashavurach is a reference to v'ayipach Apav Ruach, Hashem blew a spirit into the person, which is a reference to Hashem's ability to create life, which is literally Triya Sam. But again, if you follow the interpretation of the Ritva and Refersh, this is a reference to the fact that Hashem is Nachayamesim, not actual Triya Samesim, but the fact that he causes people to live. By giving them sustenance through the process of rain. We then say Hashem is bechasad. Hashem sustains life with kindness. So again, the Ravana understands that we're referring to the different of Hashem quoted in the Gmaratanis. This quotation, bechasad is a reference to the third key, which is Hashem's ability to give children, give life, and giving support to the fetus. So Hashem is bechasad. Hashem with it through his kindness. Supports the fetus. As the Passock says, Hashem gives food to everyone because of, that's an expression of his kindness. The Ritva understands, and so does, and following in the interpretation of the Ritva Ezra that we're referring to the process of rain. Rain causes the crops to grow, and that's Mechakal Chaim. That gives us sustenance, that gives us parnasa to eat from. Uh, the Vujab explains that the chesed that we're referring to specifically in the process of rain is that the, and the, and the idea of Parnassah is not, is specifically emphasizing that our success and our sustenance is not because of our actions, but it really is, is all an expression of Hashem's kindness, not because of our deeds. And expanding that even further, refers first explains that the chesed that we recognize of Hashem is that through witnessing Hashem's chesed in nature, we're able to see Hashem's chesed in our, in our lives. After discussing Hashem's ability to sustain us, we then mention another quotation of We say Hashem is, gives life to those who are dead with abundance of, of Rachim with kindness. So the Ravan explains that this quotation is actually a, a follow-up of the previous section of We're referring to the third Mahtiak still of causing children to become born, and Mikhaim is a reference to the fact that the fetus Becomes living from non-existence, non-life. The Ritva, however, explains that we are now presenting a new interpretation of Tchias This is not simply Hashem sustaining us through food, but Hashem is sustaining us in our lives by supporting us, and that's the descriptions that we'll be describing that Hashem is going to be so mechnofin, etc. And this interpretation of the Ritva is in many ways a prerequisite. To the final stage of the Mechay, of Mason, final understanding of that phrase, which is actual tchias As the ujam explains, that we're now mentioning how we experience tchias now in our lives, and that allows us to interpret and internalize tchias in the future. So we now move in to describe what are the expressions of tchias now. So matir asurim. Hashem supports the, those who are falling, those who are sick. Hashem heals, and Hashem releases those who are bound. Following in with the Ravan's understanding that this is referring to a fetus, these are all references and metaphors to a fetus who's bound, who's dependent on life. Hashem frees it and gives it independence and it becomes healed. The ritva understands this again as an expression of Hashem's involvement in the world and that he's mechaim esim, supports those who are bound and proverbially dead, not able to express their full vigour of life. Hashem still supports them and gives them life. And first adds that this is a further expression of chesed, that Hashem supports man in every aspect of life, the high points and also the low points. We then continue by saying, Afar. Hashem fulfills his guarantee for those who are sleeping in the dust. And for many, this seems to be like a transitional statement we've just discussed how Hashem is interacting and in, in this world, in our life, and we're going to be recognizing an even greater recognition of that experience of T'chiyas and And that's how the Abu Jaham explains this phrase. Hirsch adds that the emuna, the, the guarantee that Hashem had for those who are sleeping in the dust, is a reference to those who have went through life and may not have experienced the salvation that they've been expecting. So Hashem says, one, that they will have a greater portion of Allah because of their experiences, they've been able to develop themselves to that, that suffering. Alternatively, and in addition, Hashem will give reward to his children in his merit, his huso. And ultimately, this person who didn't have that salvation in this world will have an experience of in the future uh, when the time is right. After discussing the many different expressions of Hashem, his involvement in the world, and his ability to be mechaim esim. We finally go to the third section where we make a conclusion exclaiming Hashem as unique and has the ability and faithfulness to restore uh, the dead. We say, Who is like you, the owner of Gevuros, the, the who is in control of Gvuros of strength. Who is like you, Malach, the king who causes death, causes life, and sprouts salvation. So, this section explains that is to highlight Hashem's unique ability and soul power to create and undo reality. And that's really the goal of this of this build up. We recognize Hashem's involvement in the world, and we recognize Hashem's unique and soul power, Givurah, to create and control nature. Uh, but specifically in terms of what we're referring to in this context of Hashem's ability to be mei that's a discussion in the Mepharshim. The Ravon explains that mei is referring to specifically waking up. When one goes to sleep, it's as if he's dead. And when one wakes up through Ash, Akash Baruch Hu's it's as if he's being resuscitated and a miniature expression of and Mason. The Ravan, following in with his approach that we're referring to a fetus, explains that the Me'em is a reference to Hashem's ability to cause death and also birth, which is life for the fetus. Um, however, the Ribbin and the Ritva explain that we're actually now falling back and trying to focus again on T'chias Eme'sim. Um, and for the Ritva, this is an appropriate connection because we have been developing what T'chias Eme'sim is experienced like for our parnasa, for our support in our world. And now we finally get to this third stage of actual T'chiyas Mason, a point which we never fully experienced, but we recognize from our past and that we could have this experience as well. We mentioned that Hashem is Mi Domelach, who is like you. And the Nikar explains that's again a reference to T'chiyas imesim. Similarly, when we say Matzmi'ch the Nikar adds that this is sourced from a postage in shayo Perik, where the Navi says that the word that Yeshua's Yeshua's will not be uh, done in the land. And the next passage then says the dead will be living. So the reference to this idea of Yeshua is the fact that while initially there won't be living people from the dead, Hashem will create Yeshua where the dead will actually be alive and that's a reference to this passage of Matzmeich Yeshua. We also mention in this phrase, the idea that Hashem is the Malach. Malach me'mes umechayah. And the Rashba in, in his Chuvas in Chelkei Simit Kuv explains that we mention Malchus at this point to recognize Hashem's total control over the entire world. And as an aside, there's a similar parallelism to this reference of Malchus in this bracha to the, and that of the previous bracha in Avos. In the previous bracha in Avos, we explicitly only mention the Malchus of Hashem, at the end of the bracha. And the argument for that may be because only after discussing the themes of this of that particular bracha, internalizing them and recognizing them as applicable to Hashem, then we're fully able to recognize and declare Hashem's malchus in the world. So that's true for the recognition of malchus of Hashem through the bracha of Avos, where we recognize Hashem's connection through us and His involvement in our lives. And the same can be true in, in this bracha, after internalizing all the different messages of Hashem's gevurah, Shem's unwavering ability to control nature, control reality, control our growth, our, our parnasa, our support, and ultimately even T'chiyas that's when we're able to recognize Hashem's machus and total control over the world. We then conclude by mentioning Hashem is trustworthy to be we recognize that that truth is, is going to be coming into fruition as we have that background, of all the different experiences of Hashem being in our lives and we conclude with a bracha Hashem blessed are you Hashem who revives the dead while some may interpret this as a praise that we're recognizing Hashem as mason, but first explains follow, following in with his interpretation of what the word baruch means we are pledging our lives to a Baruch in recognition of his ultimate power to control even death and as Rafersh explains, we are trying to develop a commitment and a kabbalas al towards Hakadosh Baruch Hu, After we recognize that Hashem has the ability to protect us, we then recognize that that protection goes even beyond all fears that man has, even the fear of death, and that allows man to fulfill the rutzma Hashem with calmness and without really any fear, because he recognizes that even death is only a transition from one aspect of life to a different aspect of life. So again, just to conclude uh, this bracha and summarize it, we have three sections of this bracha. We first recognize a general declaration of Hashem's strength in the world, recognizing that he's unwaver- his power is unwavering it, as he's the creator and it's unlimited, as the word the uh, ulam connotes. We then move to the second section, where we describe Hashem's abilities to revive and restore in many different ways. The Ravan's interpretation is that this is ref- reference to all the different unique keys that Hashem has control over. We first mention Hashem's control over Trias Masim, then over Parnasa and Rain, and then finally discuss Hashem's ability to create life through childbirth. According to the Ritva, we're creating a progression of experiences where we recognize Hashem as bin Chimesim, both through number one, the rain through our sustenance, where Hashem gives us food. Furthermore, we recognize Hashem as supporting us through our lives. And ultimately, Hashem is his faithfulness, to ultimately lead that person to T'chias even before that point, to having, giving him Schar, and having his kids, the ability to have Certain because of that person, ultimately, finally leading to the expression of and then we conclude to the third section where we recognize Hashem as the ultimate power who is like you, the master, controller of powers who is like you and specifically we're recognizing Hashem as the Melech who is who is able to give to resuscitate the dead and we recognize specifically Hashem's nachos after all the different experiences that we've internalized in this bracha, we recognize Hashem's total control over the world. And with that, we conclude by just recognizing Hashem again as being neman, trustworthy to be mechaim to resuscitate the dead, and we make a pledge, a bracha, wishing for the shefa to come down in recognition of Hashem's ability to be mechaim to control even death. So again, just to put this in the context of our tefillah, we first discussed Magin Adram. we recognize our relationship with the Kosh Baruch involvement in our lives and our commitment in response to that. And the next aspect, which is another aspect of to Hashem, we recognize Hashem's total control over reality in many different areas of our lives and ultimately leading to but that's just an example which helps us internalize more the, the entity who we're diving in front of, we're diving in front of a Kosh Baruch who controls all of reality, and that helps us reframe, as the Rasha explains, our Bakashos, that we're going to be saying, recognizing that only he's the one who's able to control all of reality. is really the only one we can ask. We can ask for our, our needs and wants.